Welcome to God's Acre On The Go, a worship podcast of the Congregational Church of New Canaan in New Canaan, Connecticut. To learn about the life of our church, our in-person ministries, and the virtual connections and offerings available, please visit us at www.godsacre.org. Now, wherever you are, wherever you are going, we welcome you to worship. Church family, good morning. This is the day the Lord has made, and we will rejoice and be glad in it. Welcome to God's Acre on the Go, wherever you are, wherever you happen to be traveling. We're so grateful to have you tuning in with us this morning. We are going to be focusing on our new memory verse, uh, one that I suspect many of you know well, Micah 6, 8. And um, we'll take some time to really reflect on what that means in uh, the context of our annual meeting, because this is the message for our annual meeting Sunday. But before we get to that, uh, I want to share with you our own Eric Burns, who composed an original uh, piece of music on Micah 6, 8 for us to enjoy. So please listen now with your heart open to walk with you. about putting scripture to song for quite some time, and I just love his efforts around this particular text. So we do get into the text, and it's not long, but it's important, uh, and I'll explain context in a little bit. But this is Micah, prophet Micah in the Old Testament or the Hebrew Bible, uh, chapter 6, verses 6 through 8. And it says, 
with what shall I come before the Lord and bow myself before my God on high? Shall I come before the Lord with burnt offerings, with calves a year old? Will the Lord be pleased with 10,000 of rams, with 10,000 of rivers of oil? Shall I give my firstborn for my transgression, the fruit of my body for the sin of my soul? He has told you, O mortal, what is good and what does the Lord require of you? but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with your God. The word of God for the people of God. Let's take a moment and pray together. Uh, Lord, there are a whole lot of rules and regulations in the Bible. There's a whole lot of rules and regulations that we live by. Uh, and yet sometimes a prophetic word can come through uh, and just make sense of it all and clarify in simple ways. So we pray that your word today might form us and reform us as you desire, not just as individual people of faith, but as a community this year. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So as I said, this is annual meeting Sunday. Um, this is the one Sunday each year we focus exclusively on our church. So uh, uh, please forgive me if I take a bit of time reflecting on our life together as a congregation, whether we're uh, gathered in person or virtually uh, through uh, live stream or through this podcast. Um, you know, we're a congregation that turns 290 years old this year, 290. And I, I think that's awesome uh, to be part of a community that is gathered before our country was even born. You know, our church, think about it, was worshiping together when Washington crossed the Delaware. When Lincoln gave his Gettysburg Address, we worshiped in the meeting house during the Civil War and World War I, the Great Depression, the Second World War, the Civil Rights Movement, on and on. September 11th, really during every major national and global happening since 1733, including a pandemic or two. Our church has gathered to pray together, to sing together, to learn together, to fellowship together, to grow together. And I love that we are inheritors of this great and expansive history. Now, sometimes I go into the meeting house, which I know uh, even if you're at a distance day, you, you love, we all love that space. And I just sit in the room and pray. And I pray for our congregation because I know where most folks sit. You know, I look at the names on that plaque on the back of the wall, pastors that have served our church, and, and I imagine what they had to manage and minister through in their tenure as pastor of this community of faith. I mean, 290 years of ministry. And on annual meeting Sunday, we're reminded that we are the ones who now steward this great venture called the Congregational Church of New Canaan. And it's, it's an awesome and wondrous opportunity to get to share in together and to share in with the Lord. Now, the scripture that we read, um, memory verse for the month, is, is this beloved passage in Micah that many of us already know by heart. What does the Lord require of you but to do justice, to love kindness, and to walk humbly with our God? And again, I love that, that Eric Burns uh, took some time to put that to music. Um, you know, I, I think it's actually a really good clarifying text for an annual meeting Sunday for a congregation like ours. You know, it's helpful to know the context, though, and background that gave rise to these ancient words. Um, as you probably suspect, Micah was a Hebrew prophet who was speaking for God just after the northern kingdom of Israel had been conquered by the Assyrians. And there was this period of time where uh, uh, what we know today as Israel was had been broken into two separate kingdoms, the northern kingdom of Israel and the southern kingdom of Judah. So Micah speaking after the our northern kingdom had been conquered already by Assyria and the southern kingdom of Judah was under threat of attack. Now, 
when misfortune beheld, befell the Hebrew people, they, their initial response wasn't to blame God or someone else for their predicament. No, they, they first looked at themselves to see how they might have failed. How did they fail God in ways that brought about this divine judgment against them? So the belief, if, if you can entertain this, the belief at that time was that the Assyrians were successfully assaulting the Jewish people because of the Hebrew people's sinfulness. So the goal was simply to identify the sin, repent of it, and then return to God's good graces. That was the, uh, the equation for a better life for the Hebrew or uh, Israelite people. And Micah said that the sin in question was that wealthy Hebrews were oppressing, mistreating, and taking advantage of their own people. According to Micah, uh, the mistreatment of women and children, unjust business practices, and the uh, exploitation of the poor rural population was to blame for the national calamity that the Hebrews were facing in the attacks of the Assyrians. Now, what you get from the text is that some folks thought that the best way out of this whole mess that they were in was to offer even more extravagant gifts to the Lord in form of innumerable animal sacrifices or abundant gifts of produce from the land. But Micah comes through and says something entirely different. He essentially says, if you want to please God, do as God requests, what God requires. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with God. So it's simple, it's beautiful, it's prophetic. And, and I think it's clarifying because Micah took, as you know, the 613 Levitical laws, half of which are formed in the negative, you know, don't do this. And Micah reduced them to three positive principles. In a single sentence, the prophet sums up the legal, ethical, and covenantal requirements of faith. Justice, kindness, humility. Now, there's a lot of time and effort and planning that goes into an annual meeting like the one that we'll be having. Uh, prepping presentations, rehearsing those presentations, organizing materials, figuring out how to best have a meeting when some will be in the meeting house, others will be tuning in from their winter destinations, and OG... OG will be coming to us live from Puerto Rico. But you know, sometimes I wonder if we make our life in this church and the life of our faith a bit too complicated. You know, we may not have to sort through 613 Levitical laws, but we have more than enough bylaws and budget line items and annual reports and special requests and nominations and on and on and on. And, and sometimes I wonder, I, I just, I don't know if you do, but sometimes I wonder if in the swirl of all our business and busyness, we sometimes miss what is likely the most important question of our faith, a question we should be asking ourselves as a congregation every single year, perhaps every single time we get together. Now, in the midst of a busy and bustling, but also broken faith system, or at least as Micah saw it, Micah asked his own people, what does the Lord require of us? That's that question. What does the Lord require of us? Not what does the Lord suggest for us, nor what would the Lord like from us if we can find the time? Not, not what would the Lord wish we would do? No, the question is, what is required? What is our obligation to the Lord who's given us so very much, including our own lives? And we spend a lot of time even uh, in our church thinking about uh, what we would like for ourselves, right? And I, I confess I do it all the time as your pastor. I, I wonder what programs and events and messages you might find enjoyable. You know, what themes would you appreciate us focusing on each year? Uh, what activities would you benefit from engaging in? Micah asks a question that gets us thinking beyond ourselves and our own personal preferences. What does God require 
What does the Lord require of God's people? What, what are the Lord's expectations of us? What does God want out of this deal that we're in? According to Micah, just three things. Do justice, love kindness, walk humbly with God. Now, according to Micah, that first requirement is that we do justice. Not merely be just, but actively work for justice in the world. Do justice. It's an active requirement. Now, a good biblical definition of doing justice might be uh, working to create a world where all people have equal opportunity to fully develop their gifts that God has placed within them. Now, what does doing justice look like for us as a church this coming year? Well, honestly, I'm not going to give an answer. My job as a pastor, I think, so much of the time is simply to raise the question. Uh, the congregational way, as you know, is that we seek answers together. But asking ourselves how we might seek God's justice in the world, that is the right kind of question for sure. Then there's love kindness. Not consider kindness, not flirt with kindness, not have an affair with kindness. No, pursue kindness with the passion you have for someone or something you can't live without. And who would have thought that kindness, that concern and commitment, which is tenderly sensitive to the needs of others, who would have imagined kindness would be such a radically countercultural act for us? And what does kindness look like? What does kindness look like in a church? What does kindness look like around a dinner table? What does kindness look like at school or on the athletic field or in a boardroom or in town politics? What might a passionate pursuit of kindness look like? And how, how could it reshape caustic conversations and divisive dynamics between people and within organizations and even, even among nations? Again, I, I'm not going to give an answer, but, but I will tell you those are important questions for us to wrestle with. And then, of course, there's walking humbly with God. What does that look like? How do, we, how do we do that as individual people of faith? How do we do that as a church? You know, humility, honestly, doesn't come all that easy to us. We are a church of a lot of chiefs. We know a lot and we've done a lot and, and we have plenty of opinions about how others can do better. Humility is hard for accomplished people. And the idea that our lives are intended as a journey with Jesus, a, a walk with the Lord, well, you know, that can be pretty challenging too, particularly if the thought is that we should somehow be dependent on our traveling companion because we like to go it alone. So what does it mean to walk humbly with God? Well, I'm fairly convinced that it has something to do with patience and with the ability to listen and learn from the Lord and from others. And I, I think it has something to do with understanding that we're not alone. It probably has something to do with a willingness to be led as much as we desire to lead. What does walking humbly with our Lord look like in our 290th year as a congregation? Again, I'm not going to give an answer, but I know it's a question more than worthy of our time and attention. Now, as I've aged and perhaps, perhaps matured a bit, you know, I've become less enamored by trying to give really good answers, really smart answers, and, and much more interested in forming good questions. See, I've, I've found that answers can close conversation, whereas questions tend to open up dialogue. An answer can kind of feel like a final word, whereas a, a question can be the beginning of a discussion. An answer can be a dead wrong, right? Uh, whereas a good question is rarely a mistake. So as we enter an annual meeting in another year as a gathered congregation on God's acre, let's be sure to always keep the right questions before us. What does God require of us? 
What does the Lord want from us and, and from us as a church this year? What is required? And what can the pursuit of justice and kindness and humility look like for us at the mature age of 290? I don't have the answers. And as I've said, that's not really my job. I may help form the questions, but, but led by the spirit of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ and listening for him to speak to us and through us, if we do that, we will figure the answers out together. Thanks be to God. Amen. So friends, let's uh, just take a moment to pray together. Uh, Lord God, it's an awesome and wondrous responsibility to be the inheritors of a 290-year tradition of faith and faithfulness on God's acre. And I just pray that you would help all of us, those uh, close by this acre uh, and those far away, that together, by the grace of your Spirit, we would be led in directions that are pleasing to you that you would let us know uh, what is required of us in this given moment, and that you would encourage within us an enthusiasm to pursue that which you want for us and from us. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So, church family, uh, we enter into another week together. And as we do, may the Lord bless you and keep you. May the Lord's face shine upon you and be gracious to you. May the Lord look upon you with kindness and give you peace now and forevermore. Amen. Thank you for joining us for Worship on the Go. To support this podcast and the ministries of our church, please consider making a contribution by clicking the Give button in the top right on our website, www.godsacre.org, or within today's email. God bless you and have a wonderful week.